Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero and Paul Clay. What do we want to do here? We want to speak the truth in charity, and we want to proclaim the name of Jesus to all our brothers and sisters in all the nations. Paul, welcome, my friend. Yes, Jess. Good to be here. A lot to talk about today. Hey, by the way, I just been, I've been a little bit busy um, trying here with... Uh, I just came here from a, a, a Spanish uh, secular radio station. There's a, I'm trying to help this good evangelical Protestant pastor to run for Congress out here in, in downtown Phoenix, which is a very corrupt area run by his, uh, there's been a Hispanic Mexican American congressman there for years. Just to correct the guys uh, in with the Mexican cartels. So we're trying to put a good Jesus loving Protestant in, uh, in district, uh, in the downtown district of Phoenix, always uh, this morning on uh, Spanish radio advocating for him, why they need to, they need to, I would take any day of the year, Paul, a Jesus-loving Protestant who has a moral compass than a lukewarm apostate Catholic who's uh, mixed in with the Mexican cartels. Absolutely. We have uh, much in common with them, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I have nothing in common with uh, with uh, a lukewarm apostate Catholics who are uh, down with the cartel. And uh, yeah, so Paul, so yeah, tomorrow's a, tomorrow's a election. Well, this is election season. Tomorrow's a day to go and vote. How's Jess Romero going to vote? I'll tell you right now. Uh, Republican all the way down from top to bottom. So, uh, if if you like your gas prices uh, through the roof, if you like your grocery bill through the roof, uh, remember the party that locked down our schools for two years, locked down our businesses for two years, uh, the party that's forced uh, many people to get the jab. Yeah, if you like more of the same, then vote D all the way down. I know how I'm going to vote. Uh, Paul, what say you? Yeah, and the party that's caused chaos at the border, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely, Jess. Um, uh, just a, a reminder, you know, if you if you have friends or family that, uh, you know, that need that extra nudge to go out and vote, uh, we don't want to take anything for granted. Uh, it's time that uh, we had a red wave. And hopefully, Jess, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to stress the hopefully, the Republicans that we send there will, uh, you know, will... Uh, Will, will heed the cry of the people and begin to work for us for a change. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be a new breed of Republican. These young, these youngsters, th- these are not the Mitch McConnell Republicans that we have up there, Paul. Yeah, these, these are not the Bush Republicans that we have. Um, so yeah, this is gonna be a fresh breath of fresh air. Hey, let's uh, let me just remind people that the month of November is dedicated to the Holy Souls. This Saturday, me and my wife we went on a date. We went, uh, we went to confession. Saturday afternoon, and then from there we we drove to the to the nearest uh, cemetery, our Queen of Angels Cemetery, and we just walked around the cemetery. I don't know anybody there that I know of, and uh, we just prayed the rosary and we prayed for all the dead people in the cemetery, prayed for all my dead family members, uh, my parents, her parents. So uh, try to find some time in the month of November to go to the cemetery and pray rosary with the with your spouse. Uh, remember, the month of November is dedicated to the holy souls. And the Bible says in Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. Mm. There's a lot of people in the cemetery that are that are uh, dying in a state of grace. There's some that did not die in a state of grace. Um, and that's too bad. <clears throat> Paul, just want to mention that next Monday I'm going to be 
I'm going to be at a men's march, so I'm probably going to have you here with with Terry. Next Monday, November 14th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., there's going to be a, a national men's march rosary rally to abolish abortion and to rally for the personhood of the unborn. So uh, I'll be in uh, with with uh, thousands of Catholic men in Baltimore, Maryland, with rosaries in hand, wa- marching from the White House to Planned Parenthood's uh, their most prominent killing center. So I'll be over can, there. I, I, I think we can excuse you for a week for that one, Jess. Yeah, who knows? I'll probably just call on the show. I'll call and I'll tell you, hey, I'm I'll just get a live feed of, of, of with you and Terry, uh, and I'll tell you what's going on on the ground. Nice. But uh, yeah, Paul, let's jump in to the, today's topic. There's a couple things that we want to talk about today. There's a guy named Mark Malik. I never met him, but I know who he is. We uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. Uh, he's a good writer. You could tell he's very thoughtful. He's, you could tell he's a man of prayer. He's orthodox. He tracks in the right. He reads all the right things. The article is called Countdown to the Kingdom, Scripture, the Anti-Church. I want to share his thoughts because I, I wouldn't share them if I don't agree with them and maybe maybe make our own comments. Paul, you want to start? Yeah. The prophetic words of uh, St. John Paul II are unfolding before our very eyes, says Malik. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church mm. of the gospel versus the anti-gospel. Wow. Of Christ versus the anti-Christ. It is a trial of 2,000 years of culture and Christian civilization with all its consequences for human dignity, individual rights, human rights, and the rights of nations. And that was uh, written while he was a cardinal, just while the uh, Pope uh, St. John Paul II was a cardinal. Uh, He wrote that at the Eucharistic Congress in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in uh, August 13, 1976, if you can believe that. Yes. It's like two years before he was uh, elected by the conclave as as the Pope. But you could just see the way he was tracking completely in the right direction, Paul. I mean, I'm looking at those words right now. We're living them right now. Yes, yes. He, uh, he says, I recently, I recently reflected on the growing false mercy that mm. seemingly constitutes the very foundation of the emerging anti-gospel in our times. Wow. And Yeah, yeah. And it is being proclaimed not only by the so-called woke politicians and globalists, but most astonishingly by bishops and cardinals. However, St. Paul saw the, uh, this eventual apostasy coming from a long way off, uh, and so he was right. Uh, this is what Paul wrote. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the disobedient. So do not be associated with them, for you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. St. Paul and, says to the Romans, yeah. Paul, t- Paul takes to that task those who know God but fall into hubris, which means pride, which reminds me again of a lot of the movers and shakers in our country right now. In Romans one twenty one to 22, St. Paul says, for although they knew God, and you could just put Biden's name in Pelosi, to baptize Catholics and Fauci, put their names mm-hmm. in, for although Biden, Pelosi, and, 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 and Biden knew God or Fauci knew God, they did not accord him glory 
as God or give him thanks. Instead, they became vain in their reasoning. What reasoning? Uh, Secular humanist thought. The Bible says, and their senseless minds were darkened. See, that's what happens when you embrace a life of sin. Mm-hmm. When you intellectually accept sin and you deliberately seek to implement it, your mind becomes darkened. Then St. Paul says, while claiming to be wise, <clears throat> Biden, Fauci, Pelosi, they became fools. Romans one twenty one. I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm putting meat to the bone here because I just wanted to see the scripture, how accurate it is. I'm just trying to to make it in a present tense context yeah. so people could see like, okay, yeah, well, you're making sense, Jess. Hey, Jess, uh, in, in order to be fair, this is a two-edged sword here. Oh, and yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, you applied it uh, to the secular powers to be, so to speak, Biden and Pelosi, Anthony Fauci. But here's the reality. Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. Which means and the bishops. We- that's exactly right. When we yep. when we think about things like Pachamama being mm. brought in and things like that. So when I hear that verse, for they although they knew God, they did not accord him glory as God or give him thanks. Instead they became vain in their reasoning. And worship Pachamama. Exactly. See, there's there's a way, Jess, and I always say this, there's a way that seems right to a man, sacred scripture says, but that way leads to death. And that's exactly the road to Pachamama leads to death. Okay. It's yep. no different than Baal, the you know, the Baals of the Old Testament. It's no different than Dagon, all the false gods. Uh, you know, ba- uh, Pachamama's just another one. That's right. And uh, St. Paul quotes, uh, St. Paul writes in Colossians 1, 4 and 8. He says, I say this so that no one may deceive you by specious arguments. What are specious arguments? Woke Marxist ideology. Those are the specious arguments of today. See to it that no one captivate you with an empty, seductive philosophy according to human tradition. What is the seductive philosophy according to human tradition? Atheism. And all the errors that we have today come from Darwinian evolutionist atheism. Everything, pornography, sexual libertinism, medical marijuana, all the errors come from the fact that there is no God. Then knock yourself out and figure things out yourself because nothing's right, nothing's wrong. And it says, St. Paul says, according to the elemental powers of the world, they're not according to Christ. Elemental powers... As Pope Leo XIII put it, he says it's naturalism. What does that mean? In other words, many Americans, they're always looking for the natural explanations instead of the supernatural. They're looking to natural solutions. For example, how are we going to have a perfect world? Well, you know what? First of all, it starts with everybody surrendering their life to Jesus Christ, every heart and every nation. No. What do liberals say? No. It starts by global warming, climate change, yes, everybody, yes. everybody getting electric cars, you know, yeah. they all, they always have a natural uh, view of making the world a better place. And Pope Leo XIII says they're just simply wrong. We'll be right back. We're going to keep talking about this. Yep. Jesus 911. Jess Romero, Paul Clay, stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. We're talking about the this what the scriptures talk about the anti-church. Is there going to be an anti-church? Has it been predicted? Well, we know it was predicted back at least as far back as 1976, which is fairly recently by Carl Wojtyla, who we now call St. John Paul II. He said that we were entering into a time where there will be the church versus the anti-church. Uh, so we'll continue talking about the, some of the other statements where, 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 where we've been warned by very holy men in the church about an anti-church coming from the ashes. Paul, go ahead. Hey, just before I continue on that, there's something I'd like to share. Okay. We often say on this show that the mystical body of Christ is on a parallel uh, trajectory with the life of Christ, right? We point out that uh, we're entering the passion. Uh, Jesus said the hour uh, will come and now is, that's what Jesus said, right? When he was in the garden of uh, Gethsemane, he agonized over uh, what would soon transpire. And so, too, in the church, in the mystical body of Christ, we're in agony right now, right? We, we like Jesus, who experienced betrayal by one of his own, Judas Iscariot, just uh, mm. we're witnessing betrayal. In the, in the mystical body of Christ. German bishops, and, Belgian bishops, Buenos Aires bishops, Father yes, Martin, Jesuits, yes. University. Right. I can go on right. and on. Right. This was followed by a wholesale rejection of God. Um, but you remember Jesus came in on Palm Sunday and, you know, you know, they were ready to make him king. And shortly thereafter, he's rejected and despised. And similarly, the Catholic uh, faith is experiencing this wholesale rejection as well in the mystical body of Christ. Yes. Right. So so we just fought we're tracking right along with with Christ. Yes. Um, and the, the, the catechism says what you just said right now. Paragraph 675. Yes. What you just said. It says that in a paragraph in the catechism that the church is going to experience the sufferings of Christ and we're, we're walking towards Calvary and we're yes. being betrayed by our very own. Oh, yeah. Did I forget to mention the 14 pro-LGBT USCC bishops? Uh, yeah. No, there's a lot of betrayal and, yeah. and it's, it's happening within the house of God, Paul. Yes. And Jess, it's important that we remember that we're called to emulate Jesus and, you know, how Jesus was remained focused on glorifying the Father. We must understand this is necessary for the greater good. You know, we don't need to be shocked by all this going on. Yeah. We understand Jesus knew that the cross was going to bring about the greater good, which yeah. was the salvation of mankind. That's right. Uh, and so, you know, as he simply spoke the truth and love, which we in the mystical body of Christ are trying to do right now, what happened? They sought to kill him. And that's exactly, Jess, I think it's going to heat up real soon for us. I think that... Uh, yeah, as we speak the truth, uh, the truth tends to offend people, uh, you know, and so when they reject the truth, Jess, and they will, they will lash out seeking to disfigure the body, just as Christ was disfigured. As you remember, he, you know, they, they struck Christ and his face became disfigured. Eventually, um, you know, you know, they'll seek to destroy the mystical body of Christ and it, uh, it, it, there'll be a time when it appears they have succeeded, 
And that's when the greatest miracle, I believe, is going to occur. Remember, the Lord's strength was perfected in weakness for the Lord. Uh, it was the, inaugur the inauguration of a new age, the, the church age, which followed uh, his resurrection, his ascension and his seated at the right hand of the, you know, the father. This is where we're going. And we should not be afraid to walk this path, Jess. This is, you know, I, I, it's amazing to me when I look at the life of Christ and I see what's going on right now in the mystical body of Christ. It's parallel. We're on our parallel. Yes. Yes. Yep. We're we're walking down La Via Dolorosa, and I, I've actually I've actually walked that a few times. We're walking the way of the cross right now in Jerusalem, uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna experience everything that our Master experienced. We're gonna experience likewise. And if people are speaking nice about you, you're probably not preaching the gospel, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, so let me continue with the article. Yeah. Uh, so what Paul said to the Colossians, I say this so that no one may deceive you by specious arguments. See to it that none of you, uh, that no one captivate you with empty, seductive philosophy according to human tradition, according to the elemental powers of the world, and not according to Christ. Jess, that's where the focus is right now. It's on human naturalism. Naturalism. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Secular humanism. Yep. Yes. That's right. Plopio the Thirteenth has a comment about that. He said, at this period, however. The partisans of evil seem to be combining together and to be struggling with united vehemence, led on or assisted by that strongly organized and widespread association called the Freemasons. <laughs> there he is. That's what popes used to tell, uh, like umpires, uh, calm like I see them. No longer making any secret of their purposes, they are now boldly rising up against God himself. That which is their ultimate purpose forces itself into view, namely the utter overthrow of of that whole religious and political order of the world, which the Christian teaching has produced. That's called the Catholic Church, Western civilization. Mm -hmm. And the substitution of a new state of things in accordance with their ideas, of which the foundations and laws shall be drawn from mere naturalism. That's the great reset that we're seeing right now. That's globalism. Yep. <clears throat> the Pope says, he wrote this back in 1884. Look at how prescient he was. He said this, Thus there will be terrifying times in the last days, St. Paul prophesied, mm -hmm. He then proceeds to virtually describe our present times and perhaps those bishops <clears throat> who are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God as they make a pretense of religion but deny its power. Boy, oh boy, that's rampant right now amongst the clergy, Paul. Continue. Mm. Yeah. And in what may be the most interesting, if not remarkable observation, Paul warns against progressives, which in our time is the new buzzword for soft communists who have adopted elements of the Marxist program. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let me quote uh, St. John, 2nd John. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, such is the deceitful one and the Antichrist. Look to yourselves that you do not lose what we worked for but may receive a full recompense anyone who is so progressive as not mm. to remain in the teaching of christ does not have god whoever remains in the teaching has the father and the son <laughs> you know just couldn't be uh, more clear couldn't be more clear you know the term progressive is a synonym for liberal or modernist yeah. so yeah. you could say whoever's so liberal so modernist 
uh, those are synonyms. It means the same thing. And it's writing. It's it's writing God. That's the New American uh, version of the Bible. New American Bible. That's well, that's approved yeah, by the U.S. bishops. So I'm, I'm just going to say, there it is. That's the bishop's well, official translation. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah, ad- Jess, they but, admit that progressive thought is wrong. Right. So so Jess, what you see here, what you you mentioned the Great Reset. What you see here is an attempt to try to. Uh, uh, eventually try to shape the world now into the image of the Antichrist, right? Uh, to, to make, so not only the world, but also, um, you know, they're trying to bring organized religion, you know, uh, in false uh, ecumenism. They're trying to bring them all in and uh, push this uh a form of godliness. I think the sacred scripture says they have a form of godliness, right? But they deny the power thereof. You know, they're wholesalingly rejecting that, you know, Jesus is God. Jesse, there are no, he's not God amongst many gods. He is God. We saw what happened when Moses uh, had the showdown with Pharaoh, right? Moses uh, showed the whole world the one true God, that he was God over all the false God, gods of the Egyptians. And that's exactly the battle we're fighting today because these false gods are rearing their ugly heads and they are trying to, there are, there are some, the modernists, who are trying to uh, reduce God to the level of these false gods. That's right. Mark Malik writes, he says, the Anti Church then emerges as those who make a pretense of religion but deny its power. They are modernists who, rather than leaving the church, intend to change it. Yep, that's exactly what they want to do. They are progressives who explain away the miracles of Christ as mere allegories of fraternal love. They are agnostics who see rituals and symbols as archaic and silly. They are heretics who reduce the sacrifice of the Mass to a mere communal celebration. They are deceivers who disregard the mystical, mock the supernatural, and disdain those who, with childlike faith, obediently observe the whole of sacred tradition." And in their final attacks on the faith, they are the lawless ones who, in the the false light of tolerance and inclusivity, aim to change even the very laws of God. You got Lactantius, one of the great historians back in the second century. He said, for such people are false apostles. This This is back in the second century. A Catholic historian, deceitful workers who masquerade as apostles of Christ. And no wonder for even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So that was Second Corinthians. Yeah, Second Corinthians eleven and thirteen. Yeah. So it is not strange that his ministers also masquerade as ministers of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Now, like Tantius comments, he says this: that will be the time in which the righteousness shall be cast out and innocence be hated, in which the wicked shall prey upon the good as enemies. Neither law nor order nor military discipline shall be preserved. Huh? Military discipline. Yeah. All things shall be confounded and mixed together against right. And against the laws of nature, Lactantius warned us that we would end up yep. embracing a woke liberal uh, worldview because this is what happens when you when you kick God out of the public square. Yeah, yeah. So that's so so exactly right. They want the kingdom, Jess, but they don't want the, want king. the king. You know, they they want it on their terms. Yeah, and Paul, and it Paul, doesn't work the last like par- that. Quote the last paragraph from he's a doctor of the church, Saint Hildegard. Uh, what he says about the Antichrist, the very last paragraph. Yeah. Um, let's see where we're at. Uh, it says, at that period, the last paragraph of Mark Mallet. Okay. At that period, 
when Antichrist shall be born, there will be many wars and right order shall be destroyed on earth. Heresy will be rampant and the heretics will preach their errors openly without restraint. Even among Christians, doubt and skepticism will be entertained concerning the beliefs of Catholicism. Wow. That, everything he said right now, this is St. Hildegard. This is back in the Middle Ages, like a thousand years ago. Yeah. Everything he, he uh, what was said by this saint is happening right now. You can check yep. the box off of each one of those right now that he just said. And right. this is a prophecy of the Antichrist of when he will come. Right. And guess what, Jess? We should take comfort from all of this. Why? Because number one, God had uh, had raised up people to prophesy about this yeah. so that yeah. you and I right now yep. could be comforted knowing that, listen, this doesn't take God by surprise. He's on the throne. Uh, he's seated and the train of his robe fills the whole temple. And day and night, the angels are, you know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Uh, you know, for those of us that are tempted to think that somehow the devil might be getting the upper hand, don't believe it. Not for a second. Jesus 911, we'll be right back. Jess and Paul Romero. We're going to talk about a black death row inmate, Protestant, who the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to and changed his entire life. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888. 888- Five two six two one five one. Soul Patrol Jesus nine one one. Jess and Paul. I said Jeff and Paul. Oh wow, unbelievable. Hey, by the way, uh, I'll tell you what you can expect from this program. Number one, we're going to always point you to Jesus Christ as the answer. That's what we call the show Jesus nine one one. It's really, it's inspired by Psalm sixty nine verse two. The Bible says, "God, come to my assistance." Lord, make haste to help me. That's what it means, Jesus 911. Psalm 69, verse 2. All of us, Paul claimed myself and Reuben and everybody throughout the week, we want to point you to Jesus Christ as the author and finisher of our faith, as the King of kings and Lord of lords, Amen. and none other. There is nobody else to turn to but Christ. Amen. I want to just share with you now, this is one of the most beautiful stories because Jesus has favorites. And yet his favorite human person in the universe is his mother. Uh, by far, it's not even close. Okay. It's not even talk about teacher's pets. Yeah. It's the blessed Virgin Mary is, is Jesus's favorite uh, masterpiece. So let me share with you this story about the Virgin Mary appearing to a black Protestant enemy on death row. His name's Claude Newman. In 1943, 20-year-old uh, uh, yeah, no, Claude Newman was awaiting execution in a Mississippi prison for shooting Sid Cook, his beloved grandmother's abusive second husband. One day, Claude noticed a medal hanging around the neck of a fellow prisoner, and he asked the young man what it was. The latter responded by casting the medal to the ground with a curse and said, Take it! Unbeknownst to him, the the curious pendant was a miraculous medal, even though he knew nothing about it or who it represented. Claude picked up the trinket and hung it around his neck. He had no idea how that simple action would change his life. By the mm. way, it's that, it's that one that's around my neck right now. That's called a miraculous medal. So during the night, 
Claude was awakened by a glowing vision, which he later described as the most beautiful woman that God ever created. The vision calmed the frightened man and said, If you would like me to be your mother and you my child, send for a priest of the Catholic Church. And she disappeared. A ghost, a ghost, screamed Claude, clamoring for a priest. The next morning, Father Robert O'Leary, who later recorded the story, was summoned. After listening to the extraordinary account and speaking with him, the priest discovered Claude to be a very simple, illiterate soul who knew very little about religion. The priest proceeded to teach the young man about Catholicism, and soon the catechism lessons grew to include four other inmates who were deeply impressed by Claude's vision. Several weeks later, Father introduced the sacrament of confession, and Claude volunteered. He said, Oh, I know about that. The lady told me that when we go to confession, we are kneeling down, not before a priest, but before the cross of her son. And that when we are truly sorry for our sins, and when we confess our sins, the blood he shed flows down over us and washes us free from all our sins, close quote. The other inmates were stunned at this new revelation. Seeing their surprise, Claude Newman apologized. Oh, don't be angry. Don't be angry. I didn't mean to blurt it out. Paul, you want to pick it up right there? Uh, Jess, I didn't get the article. Go ahead. Okay. Assuring him that he was far from angry, Father O'Leary asked Claude Newman if he had seen the lady again. Taking the priest aside, the young man said, quote, She told me that if you doubted me or showed hesitancy, I was to remind you that lying in a ditch in Holland in 1940, you made a vow to her, which she's still waiting for you to keep. Close quote. This revelation convinced the priests of Claude Newman's claims because mm. during the war, Father O'Leary had promised to erect a church in honor of the Immaculate Conception if he survived the war. He fulfilled the promise in 1947, and the church still stands in Clarksdale, Mississippi. As wow. Father and Claude returned to the class on confession, Claude Newman told his friends, quote, You should not be afraid of confession. You're really telling God your sins, not the priest. You know, the lady said that confession is something like a telephone. We talk through the priest to God, and God talks to us through the priest, close quote. Finally, the catechumens were received into the church in the baptismal records of St. Mary's Parish in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Claude's baptism is registered on January 16, 1944, four days before his scheduled execution. As the day neared, the sheriff asked Claude if he had a last request. Claude said, well, all my friends are all shook up. The jailer is all shook up, but you don't understand. I'm not going to die. Only this body is. I'm going to be with her. So then I would like to have a party. Close quote. The sheriff was shocked, but consented and even allowed Claude's fellow inmates to attend. On the morning of his execution, Claude was full of joy. As mm. he mentally prepared himself with Father O'Leary, the sheriff rushed in shouting that the governor had granted a two-week reprieve. To his amazement, the young man broke down in sobs, inconsolable. And he said, quote, But you don't understand. If you ever saw her face and looked into her eyes, you wouldn't want to live here another day. Hmm. What have I done wrong these past weeks that God would, ref would refuse me my going home? Why, Father? Why must I still remain here for two weeks? Suddenly, Father O'Leary had an inspiration. James Hughes, a fellow prisoner on death row, 
harbored a particular hate for Claude Newman and all things religious, despite having been raised a Catholic. Father O'Leary suggested that Claude offer his disappointment for Hugh's conversion. And the final two weeks of the young man's life were spent praying for the salvation of his fellow inmate. Claude was finally executed on February 4th, 1944. Father O'Leary testified, quote, I've never seen anyone go to his death as joyfully and as happily. Even the official witness and the newspaper reporters were amazed. They said they couldn't understand how anyone could sit in the, in the electric chair beaming with happiness, close quote. Mm. When the time came for James McHugh's to be executed, he violently refused all mm. spiritual assistance, cursing and blaspheming, even while seated on the electric chair. Suddenly, looking intently towards the corner of the room, a look of surprise came over his face, quickly followed by one of sheer horror. He shouted, get me a priest, get me a priest. Father O'Leary approached this inmate and heard the man's full confession and asked him to explain his change of mind. Mm. The, the condemned man, James McHugh's, that was executed two weeks after uh, Claude Newman, he said this, the, con the condemned man two weeks ago, Claude Newman, he goes, I saw him and the Blessed Virgin Mary standing behind him and her hands on his shoulders. Per Claude's request, Our Lady showed James McHugh's a glimpse of hell and filled him with horror. He immediately mm. demanded a Catholic priest. Once again, the simple wearing of the miraculous medal called down our mother's gaze and saved not only one, but two souls in that Mississippi prison. Wow. What a story, Jess. What a beautiful story. And the church is full of stories just like that, of the intercession of Mary at the last moment. I mean, this, this just happens over and over again, Paul. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, for those of you who, who don't understand the... Uh, our Blessed Mother is there to, you know, uh, safeguard us and to bring us home to the Lord. That's, that's you know, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that God has done for us. He has, he has given us his masterpiece, the Blessed mm. Mother, in order to, you know, bring us under her mantle, Jess, and to bring us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You know what uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen calls the blessed? He goes, we know that God is a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they're all identified typically by male pronouns. He says, the Blessed Virgin Mary is the feminine principle to Christianity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, think about that. In Judaism, there's no feminine principle. It's all, it's all raw patriarchy. Yeah. In Islam, it's all... There's no feminine principle to Islam. It's all raw patriarchy. And again, that's why you'll have a lot of legalism in those religions, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yeah, or or you think that somehow when you pass on, you, you're going to, you know, uh, there's going to be 21 versions waiting for you or, you know, 72 yeah. versions, whatever, whatever they, they may 70, say. Yeah. Yeah, right. but yeah, but the but the reality is just uh, God has given us uh, when we're talking about salvation, He has brought salvation to mankind in the in the most natural ways. He has given us a mother, 
you know, uh, he has introduced to us the fatherhood. Uh, Lord, teach us to pray when we pray our father and, you know, and the sonship of our of, of Jesus Christ. When we we understand that God relates to man in ways that man can understand. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. That's right. Uh, and, and again, there's there's one story after another of people that have the miraculous medal by faith around their neck. It's not superstition. And there are so many stories just like this of miracles that have occurred with people who receive and wear the miraculous medal. Uh, Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a, another story. St. Francis of DeSales said that when he was, he's a doctor of the church. He says that when he was in college, he, he joined a satanic cult when he was a teenager back in college 500 years ago. So if you think that Satanism hasn't been around, it was just started, you know, a couple of years ago here in the U.S. No, this is in the Middle Ages. St. Francis de Sales joined a satanic cult. He, he went to a couple of meetings, but he felt something was wrong. He went to a priest. A priest heard his confession. And a priest gave him the miraculous medal and said, put this around your neck. Go inside the church. Kneel down before an image of the Blessed Mother and say the memorari. Say the memorari three times. St. Francis de Sales said he went in there put the miraculous medal around his neck, knelt at the, in front of the statue of Our Lady, said a memorari three times. He said, I physically saw and felt several evil spirits leave my body never to return again. He not only went from, he, went, he left college, he went to seminary, became a Catholic priest, and became, uh, now he's known as a doctor of the church, one of the great minds of the church. But he physically said that demons left his body when he put the miraculous medal around his neck, went on his knees and said a memorari. Jesus 911 will continue. Hey, we want to talk about the death penalty next. Stick around. A little bit controversial. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about it. Now. Back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 912, man, car, want to talk about the death penalty. We all know that Pope Francis has approved a new revision of paragraph 2267 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, according to which a new understanding has emerged of the significance of penal sanctions imposed by the state. Thus, this is what it says now, the death penalty is inadmissible. I want to look at what the sacred tradition and the sacred scripture says about this. I know it's already, the decision was announced by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. It's already, in the the, the catechism has been edited to include that the death penalty is inadmissible. And it says, because it is an attack on the inviolability and dignity of the person. And she works with determination for its abolition worldwide. She meaning the church. Um, I'm not sure the church has always worked for the abolition of the death penalty. Let's go to the highest source document for the Catholic Church. Dave Verbum says that the highest source document is the word of God. So, since the Catholic Church says, even Vatican II says, that the highest source document that we lean on as Catholics to get divine revelation is the Word of God. Well, let's take a look at what God says 
back in the book of Genesis chapter 9. Looking at it here, Genesis chapter 9, verse, um, looking for right here, Genesis chapter 9, verse, <clears throat> I think it's verse 5. It's uh, God's word up, yeah, it, let me... Let me flip over my Bible. Paul, go ahead. And if you want to just make a comment. As I'm yeah, yeah. Going to... Jess, uh, I was just noticing that in the article, yeah. it says, thus, the death penalty is inadmissible. Uh, what does that even mean? There's no clarity there because inadmissible. They're not, you notice it's not coming right out and saying the death penalty is wrong or the death penalty is no longer valid. It just says inadmissible. It, 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 it again, it's, it's it's ambiguous, you know. That's not a theological word. Okay, exactly. Genesis nine six. I found it. Genesis nine six. The Bible says, and now God wrote. God put this down through Moses' pen. This is inspired by God, the Holy Spirit. Whoever sheds the blood of man by his own blood, by his by by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. I'm read it mm-hmm. again. Genesis nine six. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image, close quote. Mm -hmm. So this is why in the New Testament, you have the right of the state to put criminals to death. And the reason is, is because the church doesn't want to see an Alroy versus McCoy battle for 30 years. Oh, you killed my son. We're going to kill your son. Then, you know, their progeny is going to kill their next of kin. And then their next of kin is going to... In order to stop that, the church in her wisdom said, okay, we'll let the government step in here. Romans 13, 1, 4. Every pers- let every person be subordinate to the higher authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and, that- and those that exist have been established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority opposes what God has appointed, and those who oppose it will bring judgment upon themselves. For rulers, for rulers are not a cause of fear to, con, to good conduct, but to evil. Do you wish to have no fear of authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive approval from them. For it is a servant, for it, for it is a servant of God for your good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword without purpose. It is a servant of God to inflict wrath on the evildoer. We know back at the time of Paul, swords were the, the, the famous instrument to kill people. It was known as the Roman short sword. And so again, this is what the, the state has now have the right so that the Elroys and the McCoys don't engage in a 40, 50 year feud. But Paul, yeah. here's another classic example of, uh, of, of, of the death penalty being licit, being valid, being something that's in accord with divine revelation. Our Lord Jesus Christ in John 19, verse 7, 11, when the, when, the, when the Jews are going to put Jesus to death, look at what he says here. Okay, The Jews answered, we have a law and according to that law. He ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Now, when Pilate heard his statement, he became even more afraid and went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, where are you from? Jesus did not answer him. So Pilate said to him, do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and I have the power to crucify you? Mm -hmm. Jesus answered him. You would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. Stop right mm. there. Jesus didn't say, "Oh, you can't kill me. That's against. That's against. Uh, that's against it's immoral. The <laughs> it's it's a it's uh it, what's the, what's the word? Um, you know, it goes against the gospel. It's it goes against human dignity. 
Jesus didn't, yeah. he's God. Jesus didn't say that. He said, no, you do have power over me. It's been given to you from above. Jesus right. recognized the power of the state, even if it was used wrong in this matter, he recognized the power of the state to, 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 to put a person to death. That's right, Jess. It's crime. been delegated. Y- yes. Here, here's one more, then I'll turn it over to you. Here's the last one. Another biblical example. Luke chapter 23, verse 39 to 43. It says this. Now, one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. That was St. Dismas, by the way. And, and look what he says. And indeed, we have been condemned justly. For the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Notice the Holy Spirit's the author of Scripture. The Holy Spirit puts in Dismas' mouth. He puts these words. We have been condemned justly. For the, for the sentence we receive corresponds according to our crimes. Notice that Dismas didn't say, oh no, it's, it's inadmissible. You can't, they, you can't kill us. What you're doing is inadmissible. What you're doing goes against our human dignity. No, the Holy Spirit put in the words of St. Dismas, we have been condemned justly yes, for the yes. sentence we received corresponds to our yes. crimes. Yes. I, I, so and, and just yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you, you're you're this, reasoning this, this, well. This, from, this works from me up. This scripture, yeah. This, this yes. I just get worked up about this. Yeah, and not only that, Jess. You know that the church has upheld this for its two thousand year history, and so when we understand the theology of the Catholic Church, and uh, you know, uh, uh, we understand that number one, the church is the mystical body of Christ, and we know that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to guide the church in all truth. God is immutable. He doesn't change. And so all of a sudden now we have a, a new reflection, a new idea that we want to introduce. That sounds like Mormonism. Yeah, exactly right. This is how they, this is how the left or the modernists within the church, they change things. You know, they, they, uh, uh, again, I pointed out that, that they use that word inadmissible. That's something that, you know, it, a, a word, a term we use in court, right? That's not Evidence a biblical not, word. Yeah, it's not a theological word. It's not uh, inadmissible. They don't want to come right out and say, you know, uh, uh, what we can easily point out that they're wrong and, you know, and, 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 and appear to be in opposition of, you know, so many popes all the way down the line. Uh, so, no, they want to say, oh, it's inadmissible, which is something that we don't even understand. Just uh, you've seen it, uh, you know, uh, this idea where people say, well, you Christians are so interested in saving aborted babies and, and understanding the value of that life. But when it comes to the death penalty, you guys, all you want to do is, is you know, uh, fry them, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you know, first of all, no, 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 no. We simply go on what God has revealed. And if they can't distinguish between an innocent life versus somebody who, you know, has basically um, uh, gotten to the point where justice must be now served uh, for a crime that they may have done, let's just carry this 
on further. One day, Jesus Christ, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Right? Are we going to sit there and say, well, because of the human dignity, you know. Hell's you, inadmissible. You know, I, Hell's inadmissible. <laughs> yeah. You can't send me there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's inadmissible. We, we, we won't accept it. This, you know, this is what it, they It goes do, against just, the gospel. Hell goes against the gospel. It's inadmissible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They appear to take the high road, you know, the, you know, this this virtue signaling that they do, you know, oh, uh, no, the, what they're doing, Jess, is they're undermining society. OK, uh, uh, once again, society, it, it starts with the family, the uh, 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 the uh, the church, right? The family is the domestic church. And then, you know, it, 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 it goes on from the family and then it, it, it gets the yeah. city, the village, and, and, it, and it moves out from there. And this is just one more thing to destroy society. Paul, here's what the first pope said about the death penalty in First Peter, basically 2.17. The first yeah. pope, St. Peter, he was crucified upside down by the pagan Roman soldiers at the behest of the Roman emperor at the time, who was a Nero. Now, yeah. he didn't speak out against the death penalty. He had two letters. Uh, yeah. He's quoted in the, in, the God, in, the, in the book of Acts by St. Luke. He didn't speak out against the death penalty. In fact, in his case, which was entirely unjust, here's what he wrote about the emperor. He, he had a chance to, to, to say something about, you know, dishonor the emperor. The death penalty is, is, is inadmissible. What does he say about the emperor? First Peter 2.17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, Honor the emperor. This emperor had him killed, crucified upside down. And what right. did St. Peter say? The first pope, he didn't say, what this emperor is going to do is inadmissible. What this emperor's is going to do <laughs> goes against human dignity. Yeah, no. Yeah. He says, honor the emperor. What does Romans 13, 13 say? You're subject to governing authorities. Now, let me tell you, if you have this type of power and you misuse it, you're going to pay dearly. You're going to pay dearly. But the fact is that the Bible says, blessed are, those who blessed are those who thirst for justice or righteousness. That's mm -hmm. all we want. There are certain people, that's all I want for everybody, is for them to get what they deserve. If they reject Christ, then, they then I, I pray that people get what they deserve, which is the justice of God. If they reject Jesus, which is mercy, then I hope you get justice. And I don't say that with a, with a malicious heart. I say that... As, as it says in the Beatitudes, blessed are those that thirst for righteousness. That's Jesse Romero. That's Paul Clay. Amen. That's a wrap, Paul. That's a wrap. Yep. Jesus 911. Up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics, the big guy coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. Uh, great show, Paul. Yeah, and Jess. We'll pick, it up, we'll pick it up next time. Same Christ yep. time, same Christ channel. We are EOW. End of watch. God bless you. Viva Cristo Rey.